enough and it's time for a change! I have so much anger. I feel like I've been raped. In the face! At no point in your rambling were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Yes, you just discovered a new element! Just an element of surprise. Right. Okay, degenerates and degenerates, welcome to the Element of Surprise. I'm your host, Chadwick J. Suet. You can find us at www.facebook.com backslash EOS Mentally Irregular. Hear us on Podomatic at eosmentallyirregular.podomatic.com. And if you can't reach me through the Facebook page, email me at element.2017 at yahoo.com. Okay, getting right into it. Um... Got some good shit for you guys in this episode. I've been uh, really thinking, really like doing my homework, and uh, you know, one of the things that I enjoy doing most for you guys is talking about like uh, you know insane what if scenarios involving things most people wouldn't uh, try to combine, as well as like you know assaulting for- forgotten cartoons of the '80s and then playing topic roulette. So we're gonna do a little bit of all of that, uh, minus the topic roulette. Uh, topics for tonight are going to include uh, Sesame Street meets. Investigation Discovery television shows, um, why I think there need to be more movies based around fat Asian midgets with red hair, uh, 1970s men fashions, and then, of course, forgotten cartoons. So, jumping right into it, let's get to uh, Sesame Street. One of the, I, I was watching some Sesame Street, and I, I'll be honest with you guys, I love Sesame Street. I'm a big fan of, uh, I'm a big fan of Oscar the Grouch. I love Cookie Monster because he's just like a, he's like a meth addict who, you know, everybody loves because he's not addicted to meth, he's addicted to cookies. And, uh, you know, Oscar the Grouch is like, you know, like you go with his real-life counterpart would be like a homeless transient, but in Oscar's case, he's just like a guy that lives in a trash can, everybody loves him, and he's like so grumpy that they always bother him. But he's also, you know, he may, maybe at one point in time he was like a politician, and he found out more than he should know, so he had to go into hiding, or, you know, maybe he was just like a wealthy guy who was married to like a, to like a, a woman who like, you know, he caught her cheating on him, he never got back on his feet after that, after the divorce, and now he's living in a uh, trash can. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. All we know when we meet Oscar is that he lives in a trash can. His best friend is a worm named Slimy. So, going from there, you know, I, I love Sesame Street. I watched an episode of Sesame Street about how they made paper one time. And it was more educational than most other, like, sitting down and listening to someone boringly talk about how to make paper. So, I also, as you, uh, as my current listeners know, that I've been watching a lot of shows on uh, Investigation Discovery. And, uh, you know, Murder Comes to Town, Deadly Women, uh, Fear Thy Neighbor, things like that. And I, I started thinking to myself, they should combine that with, like, a Sesame Street-esque story. Or maybe not even, like, the Investigation Discovery shows, but maybe, like, CSI mixed with Sesame Street. And, you know, it could be, like, a little bit like this. Like, you know, it starts out and you have, like, a character uh, like Grover. 
per se, because I fucking hate Grover, and uh, you know I think everyone else does too. So you have like a you know, there's like a murder, and the cops show up, and one of the cops is a Muppet, is like a puppet, and the other cop is live action, and they show up, and like a Grover s character has had his skull caved in, like in an alleyway, and so like the cop, the the Muppet cop goes, God damn. This is a fucking gruesome murder. And they, he's like, poor son of a bitch, didn't even know what's coming. And then they investigate the murder throughout the episodes. I think that would be the best fucking show on television. You know, you, you, you obviously don't direct it towards, uh, towards children. I, you could if you wanted to, though. I mean, it's, it's however you, whatever your preferred parenting style would be. But, um, you know, think CSI meets Sesame Street. And you could have characters like, like, the, uh, like, you know, one of the Muppets could be like, like the detective, and maybe he's got a drinking problem, and he's constantly smoking, and like his partner's trying to clean him up throughout the series as they're like going through these gr- uh, gruesome murders. You get like a, you know, you could like they they could uh, talk and interrogate like hookers who work on the corner where uh, the dude, the, the Muppet dude, got his head caved in, and you could have a combination of live action and Muppet hookers, <laughs> and the Muppet hookers could try to solicit them, and that would be hilarious. And then like you take like your Oscar the Grouch type character, and he's like a transient, and they're like this guy, this guy knows, and they bring him in and they're interrogating him he like spits in their face like fuck you cops shit like that like tell me that wouldn't be hilarious because it would all be muppets <laughs> and like maybe maybe have an episode where like somebody kills a drifter and you just see like you know the oscar the grouch character coming up out of a trash can or out of a box and you just see you don't know who the killer is yet so you just see like this gloved shadowed hand like just like suffocating him down shoving him back down into the box while his hands coming up and trying to like defend himself <laughs> a great show. I want to make this show. I, 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 if I had the time and the resources and the money, I would make this show myself. And, uh, but if anybody wants to join, join me on this, you know, I'm gonna obviously need a vocal cast and everything like that. So, get, get in touch with me. We will make the. Uh, I, I guess you could call it Sesame Street Murders, even though I'm not licensed to use the name or own the name Sesame Street. But we could come up with a, uh, come up with a new name and everything and some characters, and it'd be some good stuff. But. Uh, you know what else I'd like to talk about with Sesame Street is you know going back to going back to uh, like the cat uh, like you know Oscar the Grouch. You know maybe the reason he's in the home maybe the reason he lives out of a dumpster is because he's a hoarder. Maybe he collected too much stuff that he actually has an apartment and he can't he just can't get in and into get inside it. Maybe it's in that building that his trash can's out front of. And so he goes out and he sleeps in the trash because he can't bear to give up any of his stuff. You know, it's sad. It's sad when you think about it. He's a hoarder. He's got an addiction to hoarding. Um, you know, you get to uh, you get to Grover, and you know, maybe he's uh, maybe he's like uh, mentally impaired. Maybe he th- maybe the reason he thinks uh, that the Italian word for boy is spaghetti is because he's got like a learning disability. You know, he claims that he's like a world-renowned person who's like traveled the world but maybe he's got a learning disability and the reason he gets sent on all these trips around the world is kind of like a -a make-a-wish thing and uh you know it's like oh grover where do you want to go this week he's like i the great grover would like to go to visit spain and i will come back and i will tell you about spain it's like whatever you want buddy whatever you want kiddo you get you you go chief all right tiger go get him and they send him off to, to to go you know do stuff because he's like a kid with a learning disability um you know, then you get Elmo, who, you know, all, all the kids fucking love Elmo. And, uh, you know, maybe you get Elmo, and Elmo, like, you know, has a bit of an ego on him. Because I've never heard Elmo use the terms I or you. He, he only speaks about himself and others in the third person. So maybe he's got, like, maybe he's, like, you know, 
pretty egotistical and Elmo tends to get whatever he wants. So maybe his parents are like wealthy, like elitists and they're just like, yes, Elmo here, have your bike. And you know, he, he sings his songs and it's always Elmo's world. You know, he talks about Elmo's world. Maybe he, he lives in his own reality because he's a wealthy aristocrat and he's a spoiled little son of a bitch. And so he just gets whatever he wants. You know, I already talked about Cookie Monster's addiction to cookies. It's like, he, you know, he acts like a meth head. Like, he's always jittering and his eyes are always going all over the place. He talks about nonsense like a meth head would, you know. And uh, then, you know, he can't be around cookies or things that resemble cookies for too long before he snaps and try, has to get his fix. You know, he's, he's got a real problem. And it's, it's sad. It's not, it's not like, you know, something to be laughed at. I feel bad for Cookie Monster. Somebody needs to get him help. And then, you know, um, you get the Count. You got Count Von Count, you know, and he's got severe OCD. He's got to count everything multiple times. You know, he can't just walk. He can't even do his own grocery shopping without, like, having to stop at, uh, you know, like, you know, count how many pimento olives are in a jar. You know, that poor son of a bitch is going to be in there from the time the store opens. He's not going to get anything done. But by the time they close, he's going to have, like, half a buggy full of stuff and he's going to spend his entire day counting the fucking uh counting pimento olives and the boxes of fucking ho-hos on the shelf instead of buying anything and uh you know while we're on the topic of the cat is he not supposed to be a vampire how is it that he lives peacefully on sesame street without sucking everybody else's everybody else dry how is it that he doesn't attack and feed upon those around him also i've seen him out during the daytime which shouldn't be allowed to happen he's been in direct sunlight before and it, that should melt him. So, I mean, does he just just think he's a vampire, like Nicolas Cage in that one movie, or is he actually a vampire? I don't, I, I don't know. I need the answers to this. But, uh, you know, check out some Sesame Street and look at it from, like, a different point of view. Look at it as if, like, this was a real place. You know, um, Sesame Street was designed originally to reflect the environment of the children watching it. So, I mean, that's why if you watch old episodes of Sesame Street from the uh, 70s, they, it was like a ghetto. And, you know, they had like a bunch of, you know, like mixed races there, you know, of, of like um, minorities because they, they were supposed to reflect like inner city ghetto type areas. And then it just caught on and became very popular. You know, look that up. That's real. I'm not making that up. But, um, you know, Sesame Street is like literally the best. It, in my opinion, it way outdoes Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, and I'm a I'm a Pittsburgh kid. I'm a Fred Rogers kid. So, you know, look at uh look at Sesame Street and tell me what you think. And then again, I do want to make that uh, pup that Muppets and live action with Muppets like CSI style show. I think that'd be fucking hilarious. Maybe we could pitch that to uh, to some television studio. They pick up anything these days. So get in touch with me if you want to be part of that. And, uh, you know, we'll sit down. We'll start working on a roundtable, creating characters and stuff like that. Um, okay, moving on. Moving on. Um, as I said at the top of the show, I think there need to be, uh, you know, like this whole Bollywood craze from a few years ago where with like Slumdog Millionaire and stuff. And like they'll, they'll make movies over here and then they make like Bollywood movies. And then like you go to Korea and they make like Korean, like Asian action flicks and stuff like that and over in Japan. Like I think there need to be more movies that target the audience of fat Asian midgets with bright red hair. And I don't mean like dyed red hair. I mean like natural red hair like Seamus the pro wrestler or like, a, like an Irish person. Like... And I think there need to be films directed directly, like, specifically at that target audience. And then I want to know what they're going to be. I would buy every one of them. Every one of them. And uh, so I want your ideas, listeners. I want you to contact me through the Facebook page. Get on the Facebook page at uh, Facebook 
dot com backslash EOS mentally irregular. Join the Element of Surprise group from there and tell me what your plot for a movie directed at a fat Asian midget with red hair would be. And uh, towards that target audience. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. We'll, maybe we'll come up with a plot line for that. Um, okay. It's 1970s men's fashions. I've been doing this thing recently where I had this idea that uh, I'm going to get a 1970s man perm in my hair. Uh, I want there to be a contest behind it. I have not yet exactly fleshed that out in its entirety. But, uh, you know, the, the end result is uh, I, I will get a man perm. But that got me looking at, like, 1970s men's fashions. And I want to know, like, what the deal was. Like, men had these, uh, there was, like, this one-piece suit jumper that they had in the 70s. You know, had long pants, short sleeves, huge collar, and it only buttoned till halfway up the chest. It buttoned from the groin, because you had to step into it like you would a pair of overalls. And it buttoned, it had buttons, and it buttoned from the groin halfway up the chest, and the chest was just fully exposed at all times with this huge collar that would just come down, and, uh, you know, it had short sleeves that were, like, very, very short, like, too short for a reason. They barely covered the top of the shoulder, and then, like, long pants, and that was considered, like, high fashion, like, you'd go out on the town in that. And I, I don't I don't get it, but I, I, wanna, I want one. I want one. I'd wear it everywhere. Um, there was also the platform shoes, uh, you know, which I th- always thought were cool. The uh, the Chelsea boots with the zipper on the side, uh, you know, men wore those a lot in the 70s. Uh, pretty much anything Burt Reynolds wore, a cowboy hat for no reason, um, you know, things like that. And I'm all about it. So, I want your help as my listeners to help me fashion a 1970s men's fashion type of contest like you know get yourself in your best men's fashion and post your pic post a picture of it on the element of surprise group page and then i will vote i will i will pick the winner and the winner will get some sort of reward uh, that from from me and i don't know what that is yet but we'll come up with the whole thing i'll come up with the whole thing we'll flesh it out and uh we'll go from there and uh you know the end result of course is me gonna be is gonna be me getting my my 1970s man perm which is you know pretty much the whole reason i'm doing it like, I could go and just get a 1970s man perm by myself and of my own volition, and that would be fine, and no one would stop me from doing that. But I think if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to go out of my way to make, to make a big big deal of it and you know, get uh, some, make it like a high-to-do thing. But uh, anyway, time for some cartoons, everybody. Time for some cartoons, and I've got some winners. These are more forgotten cartoons from the 80s. And I've got some real winners this time. Um, you remember last time I did uh, the Robocop cartoon, Denver the Dinosaur, uh, so on and so forth. I have been looking into it, and I have found some real fucking winners. So, um, in, from 1988 to 1989, there was a show on a cartoon show on called uh, Cops. Fighting Crime in a Future Time was the tagline for Cops. And uh, basically, the plot was the series revolved around uh, Baldwin, T- Baldwin P. Bulletproof Vest. He was a federal agent for the FBI who, uh, you know, he forms and leads, like, there's a special team of cops, which uh, cops actually stood for the Central Organization of Police Specialists, so it was COPS, because it couldn't just be uh, police officers. It was specifically called cops. Who are you? We are cops. And they were in charge of protecting Empire City from a mob leader whose name was literally Big Boss and his gang of cronies. And, uh, you know, it, was, it, it, was, it took place in the future. So, you know, 
uh, Empire City was in the future, and they had like you know GI Joe style ca- characters, and each one of them was like specifically like trained for a like a specific duty, and the whole team put, got together and they they would take on this mob boss who. Um, Kind of looked like the Kingpin if he had Elvis Presley hair. You know the Kingpin from uh, Spider-Man and Marvel Comics? He looked like the Kingpin if he had uh, Elvis Presley haircut. And uh, then he had like a Dick Tracy-esque style, like group of villains. Like, uh, you know, there was this one guy who wore like his prison jumpsuit all the time, even though he was never in prison. But he just kept it on. Then there was another guy who looked kind of like, uh, like he always had his sunglasses on. He had his, his brain was exposed on the top. It was a really fucked up show. It was on from 1988 to 1989. And you know, I, I always think to myself, if I was a, like a, if I was like a classic mob villain, you know, I, who would I want as my hunt, as my henchmen and my minions? Well, clearly, clearly, what I need is I need somebody. The science nerd has to have an exposed brain and some sort of tubes keeping him alive. You know, maybe he can't breathe right, so he has, like, air tubes coming out of his throat. Um, you know, I also need that, like, brutish henchman who pretty much just wears, like, a Tarzan-esque loincloth and, you know, carries, like, a club, like a, like a Captain Caveman, like a Captain Caveman club and wears, like, a loincloth, which, uh, you know, and that he'd be the brute. And then there'd be, like, the uh, like the right-hand man who would kind of be dressed like uh, like I would be, but lesser, like, not, not as, ex- clearly not as expensively dressed. So, you know, that that's the show was Cops from it was 1988 to 1989. It's uh, you can probably find it on YouTube. Then there was a show that was on legitimately in uh, 1987, only from September to December. So it was on for uh, four months in 1987. And it was kind of like, uh, you know, geared towards like the uh, like the Barbie kids. And it was called uh, <clears throat> excuse me. It was called Beverly Hills Teens. And uh, basically, the plot of this show was the it was like revolved around the overtly exaggerated, ridiculous lives of these spoiled rich teenagers in Beverly Hills. And um, you know, it, like like all classic '80s t- TV cartoons, it had an awesome villain who was the brunette, and her name was Bianca Dupree. And she thought she was the real star of the show, and so she'd go try to sabotage the other spoiled brats' fucking show times and good times because she thought she was the real star of the show. And you know, clearly that's how you're gonna go if you're gonna go with a show about spoiled bitches. Then you want the most spoiled bitch to be the villain. She's against them, and because uh, that was the '80s, that's how it went. You know, whereas now, nowadays, in 2018, the most spoiled bitch would be the main character, and everybody else below her would be the villains, because they'd want to have what she has. So, you know, it was the 80s. So Beverly Hills Teens, you could find that one on YouTube as well. Um, okay, so here's this show. that I, I It was on uh, the Disney Channel in Octo- from October 1985, and it lasted through 1991, and it was literally just called The Raccoons. And the plot of the raccoons was they were these animated raccoons, and there was Bert Raccoon who wore a red shirt with a B on it because he wasn't quite Alvin and the Chipmunks A level, you know, letter A on his red shirt level, so he had a B. He was next in line. So there was Bert Raccoon, and uh, his best friends were a boring married couple of raccoons called Ralph and Melissa Raccoon. They're very original names, Ralph and Melissa Raccoon. And uh, what they did in this show was they fought against an evil, greedy businessman whose name was uh, Cyrus Sneer, I believe. It was Cyril or Cyrus Sneer. And he was out to destroy the forest for some unknown reason. He just wanted that forest gone. There was never a reason behind it. He was just the guy that's like, listen, that forest, I don't like it. 
tear it down, and uh, Bert and his boring married neighbors would would fight against him and and always save the forest. So, you know, check that one out. That was the raccoons. Um, there was also Moon Dreamers. Now, Moon Dreamers was on for only about a year, from 1986 to uh, 1987. Um, basically, how can I describe Moon Dreamers to you? Okay, so um, it was about like these fairies. Like the, they were like celestials, but they were fairies, and they were like uh, they they came to Earth at night to give children like good dreams. And, uh, basically, like, they were the cartoon equivalent of Ambien. And, uh, so they would come and they'd give, like, children good dreams. And there was, like, you know, some evil fairies who didn't want the kids to have good dreams. Or they'd, they'd fight nightmares and shit like that. But, uh, it existed. It was called Moon Dreamers. And, uh, you know, you could check that one out. Oh, and all the fairies were, like, overtly pink for some reason. And they were goofy. But they, you know, they brought good dreams. Um, oh, there was the Fraggle Rock ca- cartoon. The Fraggle Rock cartoon. You know, people remember Fraggle Cro- Rock, and that was like Muppets, you know? Like like what I was talking about earlier, with like the live-action old man and the Muppet do- whose dog was a Muppet, and he was unaware of that fact for some reason, who always was trying to get at the Fraggles. But they did a cartoon spinoff of it um, in like the late 80s, and uh, it was based off their live-action show, but uh, it, it, it was canceled like in like a month. It was on from like September to like October. And uh, it all took place like in their, fra- not like in their caves, but like in Fraggle Rock land. You know, it was just Fraggle Rock, the animated series. Um, let's see, there was Pawpaws, which, uh, you know, here's, here's Pawpaws. It was basically a ripoff of Smurfs, but it was kind of, um, kind of different. Pawpaws, it was basically, they were a tribe of Native American bears for some reason, who had mystical powers. And they rode on these little, little tiny horses to fight an evil sorcerer bear called Darkpaw. So, to sum up, Native Americans plus bears plus evil sorcerer plus tiny horses plus mystical powers equals, um, <coughs> equals pawpaws. And, uh, again, it was just a ripoff of the Smurfs, but, uh, you know, check that out. Pawpaws was the name of the cartoon. All right, we have Brave Star. Brave Star was a kind of a space western it had a galactic, like a like a marshal or like galactic sheriff, and his name was Brave Star, and it was all one word, but the S in Star was big and had two R's uh, in Star. Um, he had superpowers, and he lived on the uh, desert planet called New Texas, because apparently they're just naming space planets after states at this point, and uh, they're sending cowboys and Indians up there. And his horse was also like anthropomorphic and had like human arms. And they do like, you know, like one of those like manly handshakes where like you like put your hand up like your arm wrestling, you shake hands like that, and everybody like grips. Like him and his horse at the end of the show, like after good job well done, they'd like do one of those like manly handshakes. And, uh, you know, that was his uh, partner. They, uh, I'm, I can't remember if he rode on the horse or not, but I believe he did. And it was called Brave Star. Um, who here likes Garfield? Well, if you like Garfield, then you're probably aware of Heathcliff. Jesus Christ. Heathcliff. Uh, Heathcliff, to sum up, was the Cindy Lauper to Garfield's Madonna. And, um, you know, Heathcliff's segments were funny. The, the, the real stars of that show were the Cadillac Cats. Because they lived in a junkyard and made cool inventions and contraptions and stuff. And they fought against dogs. Because if you're a cat, clearly your enemy is dogs, you know? Uh, to quote the great Bill Murray in Ghostbusters, uh, you know, it would be chaos. Dogs and cats living together, absolute chaos. So they had to fight against these dogs who were trying to invade their junkyard for some reason. 
Um, there was Galaxy High School. Let me tell you a little bit about Galaxy High School. It was only on in 1986. There was one season. They aired six episodes. And this, the series was about a kid named Doyle Cleverlobe because he was smart. So his, his last name was Cleverlobe because they had to, you know, back, one of my favorite things from the 80s was you didn't give like a character a regular name. You, you named them based off whatever their uh, particular, like, whatever particular aspect of their character was highlighted. Like, he was very smart. He was a genius. So his last name was Clever Lobe. Clever meaning he was Clever Lobe, as in, like, his frontal lobe, he was very smart. His name was Clever Lobe, uh, Doyle Clever Lobe, and then there was the pretty girl whose name was Amy Bright Tower. And they were two teenagers from Earth who transferred from their high school to a new high school called Galaxy High. And it was a high school in space. And it was populated from galaxies from all over the galaxy. And it was actually created by Chris Columbus, who wrote Gremlins and uh, the Goonies and shit like that. Uh, he directed the Goonies, I believe. But uh, it was written by him. It was written by Chris Columbus. And it was created by him. So uh, yeah, amazingly, it didn't go anywhere. Um, then there was the Ghostbusters cartoon. And I know what you're thinking. Stop right there. Stop right there. I'm not talking about the cartoon, the real Ghostbusters, where it was the characters from the movie. I'm talking about the Ghostbusters cartoon, <coughs> excuse me, from 1986, where it was three kid, or three human characters and a gorilla named Tracy, who wore a Dick Tracy hat, and they were paranormal investigators who were fighting a villainous ghost called Prime Evil and his minions. That was the Ghostbusters, and it was not based off the movie. This existed, it was around in 1986, look it up. Um, lastly, wait, let me see if there's any more. Let me see if there's any more I want to do. Oh, okay, all right. There was uh, Dink the Little Dinosaur, and uh-oh, he's talking about a cartoon about dinosaurs. This is going to be good, right? Not so much. Dink the Little Dinosaur was a series that basically just ripped off the Land Before Time. And Dink was basically like the main Littlefoot character from Land Before Time and his friends, and they were doing like Land Before Time stuff that was not nearly as dangerous as it is as it was like, you know, there were no uh, Velociraptors chasing them down. That was Dink the Little Dinosaur. Um, honorable mentions go out to uh, the Teen Wolf cartoon from 1986-1987. Lasted 21 episodes. Uh, it was based off the Michael J. Fox Teen Wolf movie. Then there was, of course, uh, Kid Video, which was an MTV-esque style show that um, can best be explained as there were kids who were kidnapped by a villain named Master Blaster and transported to his home dimension, which was a world, cartoon world called The Flip Side. Um, you know, it was a Jennifer Beals rock-off or a rip-off character in there who named Glitter. It, honorable mention to that. Uh, honorable mentions go out to Kissy Fur who was a bear with his father Gus, and they were escaped circus bears that moved into the swamps and ran a water taxi company because, I mean, what else you get an escaped circus bear supposed to do? He has no job skills. Definitely run a taxi company. And um, last honorable mention goes, of course, to <clears throat> Shirt Tales. Shirt Tales is uh, based on the Hallmark greeting cards, and they were a group of animals who wore T-shirts and long sleeve shirts and sweaters, and they fought crime secretly. But, uh, you know, all that being said, I got to the, you know, to the uh, last one I got to do here today for you. The, the one I've been waiting on. This, uh, this one is my absolute favorite of the selection. 
The Potato Head Kids. Yes, the Potato Head Kids, ladies and gentlemen. It was the misadventures of Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head's children, essentially. It was on from 1986 to 1987. And uh, there was the smart one, the cowboy one, the nerdy one, uh, the all-American boy one, the baby and then, uh, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head would show up at, like, points in time. And it was kind of like the Pac-Man TV show uh, from the 80s, but it was based around the Potato Heads. So basically, what did this show teach us is that Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head got it on. They got busy. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head got busy. They had some fucking kids, and the kids would go off and do stupid little potato head kids things, but that that's what we learned from it, is that apparently potatoes can get married and fuck, and they give birth to little potatoes, and that, that was the plot of that. So, that was, uh, you know, more forgotten cartoons, and, you know, honorable mentions aside, it was, uh, it was good. I, I, I think I'm going to keep looking into it. I know there's got to be, like, uh some He-Man ripoffs and stuff like that. I know there was Challenge of the Gobots that I did that was like a Transformers ripoff. There were literally, like, there's literally so many forgotten TV shows that I can't do them all in one episode. I could do a whole episode about forgotten TV shows and not not get close to doing all of them. But, um, you know, like I did Rubik the Amazing Cube, Denver the Dinosaur, like all these great ones that existed that I wanted to bring to your attention first. But I could literally do a whole episode about that. And I'd like to get some, I'd like to actually have a co-host for that one. So if anybody wants to talk old forgotten cartoons with me, get in touch. You're, you come over, we could uh, do it by video, you could call in, you could come over and sit with me live. And we will talk old forgotten cartoons until the cows come home. Um, that would be a that would be a great episode. I have fun doing that. But um, you know that that's that's it. That's what we uh, I had to cover with you guys in this episode. And um, you know, again, get in touch with me through the Facebook page. We can talk about that uh, that CSI Muppets crossover that I want to do. We'll plan that whole thing out. Maybe we'll get famous off that. Maybe it'll uh, maybe we'll be able to pitch that idea. And uh, you know, we could use the funding from that to just I could use the funding from that to just do the element of surprise full time. But uh, you know, get in touch with me about that. Get in touch with me about uh, 70s. Uh, men's 70s fashion and uh, why you think I should get a 1970s man perm like Bradley Cooper did in that movie with Christian Bale and um, you know get in touch with me about forgotten cartoons maybe there's someone some that you think should be mentioned and we could talk about those other than that before I let you go uh, as usual check out a fireside chat hosted by Ryan McCormick check out um, Mick Sauce the comic book podcast hosted by Matt Paulinian, and check out Case in Point, hosted by Justin Case. Thank you, guys. Uh, sorry it took so long to get this episode out. I actually, to be honest with you guys, I did re-record, this is a re-record of uh, this episode. I actually recorded the episode previously, and then it didn't save correctly. It was all fucked up. So I had to, you know, get back in the mindset to do it all over again. But uh, thank you, guys. Uh, more episodes coming soon. Um, don't forget the WrestleMania uh, main event live podcast event is coming up soon and then in july there's the july 14th event for no reason if you guys want to be a part of that let me know um okay until then take care and cue the fucking bear music
dance You could have 